everybody, welcome to Trek Trudge, episode 8, Justice. I'm joined today by James Sheaves. Um, what's a Star trek way of saying hello? Um, uh, make it uh, so. Make it so, number one. Live long and high, <laughs> buddy. Hey there. Hey, live long and wharf. <laughs> I have Klingons. Do not say hello. <laughs> we just punch each other. We, I just made up some new Klingon lore. I'm also... <laughs> uh, uh, did I say my name's Byron Hussey? My name's Byron Hussey. You did now. Joined by I don't James know. I, I don't listen to you. And also Gumba Master, the king of... Hello. Of snark. Mr. Gumba. Uh, at least one place where I'm the king. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the uh, this is the soft reboot of the Trek Trudge television iPod program. Is that what this is? An iPod show? <laughs> yep. That's what it is. You'll start over again. <laughs> no, no, this is good. This, I think this is a better one. Yes. I'm not actually sure if and, I'm gonna. Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to uh, point out that the previous cast hasn't been. Abducted by uh, Somali pirates. <laughs> they, no, they have by intervention. They have not. Still That's we're legally yeah. obliged to point that out. Uh, no, I. And everyone who says and everyone who says other is a dirty liar. The reason that um, Jan and Bibars are not on this is because I fired both of them. Sorry, guys. Both fired. Well, you know. They just weren't good enough. <laughs> um, so this is what when was the last Trek Trudge I posted I think it was this many says, moons ago it was eight months ago wow wow that's a big lapse that's quite a few star dates back yeah is that how star dates work yeah I guess like it's a weird way of saying like yeah you could say that now that's a lot of dates ago like it's not yeah. Wrong, but like you wouldn't ever say it. <laughs> I always got the impression that Stardates work just as the scriptwriter for that episode wanted them to. Yeah. They just, well, like, well, they had a, a Bible that uh, was supposed to tell them how it worked. So they were meant to kind of jump forward by a more or less random number between one point and another point, and each point was like determined for the for each season. That's pretty interesting. Is it? Yeah. I think um, on one of the previous podcasts, Bubaris tried to explain star dates, and I mm. didn't really understand and got bored. Here's the thing: I don't think the, the writers of Star Trek really understood star dates. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, I think that it's it's just a number, and we can just kind of let it rest there. Yeah. Um, so this is a podcast about Star Trek: The Next Generation. Um, the Prior iteration had um, Jan Vanden Hembel and Bibars El Taib, and this one has James Sheeves and Govan Master, so it's pretty much the same. You guys are pretty much the same as those guys. Yeah. Just I'm, a couple, couple of dudes. I'm Dutch, and I'm, and I'm working on an animated film. Yeah. Is he Dutch or Belgian? Uh, well, he, he's... Um, yeah, this Jan is, is, uh, is Dutch, but he lives in Belgium. All right. I mean, I guess like ethnically he's Dutch, but uh, I don't know if that's like even a thing. Well, that describes me as well. So. Oh, good, good. Gotta just gotta just have a a, a Dutchman involved. Mm-hmm. I'm so, not really Dutch. No. Okay. Well, you're you're an Australian, but I mean, you could have been had some Dutch. I mean, back in yeah. there in ancestry before your ancestors were. Shift off to none the, that I know of to the prison island of Australia to languish <laughs> in obscurity, surrounded by marsupials. We weren't prisoners, but sure, it's a story for sure. another time, probably. Yeah, that's. Oh, you were so you were the uh, the wardens. I see. <laughs> I understand we were landowners back in the day. Are you? Is that like the um, Australian equivalent of the the Hutu and the Tutsi? Like probably, the, probably. Not. I mean, we did. We we weren't killing each other. I well, mean, you know. 
I mean, there was a bit of killing that went on, but it tended to be directed at, uh, you know, indigenous populations. Right. Well, that you should be ashamed of yourself. I am quite ashamed of it. I, as a United States American, don't have anything to be ashamed of. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Justice is the eighth episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Seventh, if you don't count the first episode of two episodes, which I don't. And... Uh Uh-huh. It first aired on the ninth of November, no, the ninth of November, nineteen eighty-seven. Yes, it's it's a very uh, Wesley heavy uh, episode too. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah. So this is um, we're only seven it's, episodes it's, in. Um, I, th- I think this is like the third Wesley heavy episode too, isn't it? Yeah. And, and uh, listeners of the podcast will be uh, pleased to hear that this is, ain't going to be your normal Wesley bashing show because I'm I'm a Wesley fan. Yeah, I, I actually don't because, have anything against well, Wesley. Well, yeah. we may not bash on Wesley, but the, um, everyone in the episode seems to be eager to. Right. Oh, yes. That's true. That, that's that's they, accurate. They would like to just really just execute Poison him. him. Just make him die. Just Literally, like Rasputin. Yeah, I watched a documentary about Rasputin. There's a picture of Wesley on Memory Alpha where he has got just a flower between his legs. It's very like symbolic it's and nice, poetic about like the bloom of youth. It's, it's like a me- visual metaphor for for puberty. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is a very. Uh, I think you can see some literal puberty happening in 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 the episode, though. Yeah, there's some puberty the happening. There. It's okay though, because it's just natural, you know. They're, this is that's what mm-hmm. it's about, you know. We're not trying to hide anything. Um, mm-hmm. So this is not a very well liked episode of of Star Trek. I think it's it's one of the more um, reviled and sort of embarrassing earlier episodes, right? Oh yeah, like the first season really on the whole is just terrible. I I mean I I I guess I agree. I just I feel like every all the ones I've watched have been like not as bad as I remembered them being. I mean, I it, it clearly it gets better. But not as good as the subsequent seasons. Yeah, it's definitely not as good as later, but it's sort of like I I think and, this episode is is like dated yeah. to look at and it's not but like the best. Mm. But it's it, well, yeah. The the that's another thing. The look is um uh like they hadn't quite figured it out for the because I can tell from the way they're like lighting or shooting the um uh the the spaceship mm-hmm. the, the stuff the Enterprise like it's more high contrast I think yeah than than it was later and that kind of has a weird effect for Doctor Crusher in particular because she's got that red hair. Yeah, it kind of makes her her hair look weird and her head kind of pale and stuff. Kind of makes and her look like a like a clown. Yeah, well, and I thought Marina Sirtis's makeup was very very heavy in these uh, earlier seasons, and she actually uh, ended up looking a lot better um, in the later seasons. Yeah, I think that another effect, another it's another um, byproduct of HD too, because like, oh yeah, sure, yeah. When they originally shot this, it was like you know not hd um, and yeah like that is what makes the original series basically unwatchable now because they've they've got like you know 60s tv makeup and so now they all just look like clowns yeah yeah um so this episode um is uh the the premise is that the crew the um the enterprise shows up at this planet Jeez, what's the planet called James, um, the people are called the Ado. I don't know if the planet has a name. Looks like it's a class. It's just called Class M planet. Class M planet, planet in the Rubicon Rubicon star system. Yeah, so that's probably sufficient. Um, Do you think that's a reference to the Rubicon? So, River? so do, does that mean? Does that mean uh, it has little little uh, little squares of colors that you can shift around? Uh, <laughs> it took a while to get to that joke. It's Rubik's cubes. <laughs> okay, that was worth Rubik's. it though. Good, good one. Yes, the answer is yes. It does mean that. Well, I mean, like maybe if it ha- if Rubik Rubik can 
it doesn't it's not Rubik's, so Mm-hmm. So dot 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 dot. I guess the answer is no. Well, I'm thinking um, if it's a reference to the, I, it's probably not because you know they just pull these names out of their asses. But mm-hmm. um, uh, if it were a reference to the river, it could be it would be a reference to the the saying to cross the Rubicon, which means to you know cross a, a threshold that it's impossible to return from. Which right. kind of you know you can kind of. Yeah. Except, of course, they do cross back over the threshold with quite uh, nonchalance, as we'll later yeah. discover. Also, you could just kind of maybe make that comparison in, like, every single other episode of Star Trek. Hey, you know, <laughs> maybe. Um, actually, hold on a sec. I, uh, I, didn't, I just realized I didn't uh, do any, like, a volume adjustment. I oh, think. you... Sh- <laughs> I thought you were going to say you weren't recording. No, I'm recording. I just, I, I, it's just like, I feel like the Skype is going to be a lot, a lot louder than me. I just, I just fixed it. Um, so they, so Star Trek, the Star Trek ship, which is called the ship, the ship. The ship the ship Yep. Uh, shows up at Ru- planet, um, Eden. Oh, Edo. <laughs> and, um, everybody's like really into this planet right they're just like whoa mm. we want to be on this planet guys um, digging it yeah particularly commander rikers like really like knowingly smirking about this planet he's got that smirk that he <laughs> does i love like, that whoa. Smirk. Sounds, sounds, like, <laughs> sounds like to put it in yeah just um a really uh a really sexy planet um so apparently so the the backstory here is that they just got finished col- helping some people colonize a different planet right mm-hmm. so that comes to be important later i guess uh sort of and um but then they show up on this planet and um and dr crusher is really into this idea where they really want Everybody really needs some shore leave. Um, and it really is sort of heavily implied that everybody wants to go down there and just start, like, having sex Ritten. with all the aliens. <laughs> right? I mean... I mean, I, why I else would you go there? Now, is that in the Prime Directive at all? Is that, like... Well, see? Yeah, it is. <laughs> that you're, like, okay... Um, we, a, we'll get to this later in the episode, but I've just got... So many objections to how the Prime Directive is applied in this episode. Right, right. I mean, like, I, I could go into it now, but, like, I'd be g- giving spoilers. I guess we could. I mean, it doesn't really... We don't have to uh, go through the well, whole... Well, okay, so beat. For, for the bit that applies to this bit is, oh, this is a non-spacefaring culture that we've just discovered. Why mm-hmm. don't we just go on down there and have sex with everyone? Yeah, right. It's okay to do that, but interfering with them potentially... Um, uh, executing a child is is a little bit too far. You know, I guess is it because like they? It seems like they really they're really into it. The sex. Yeah, and I guess the the implied uh, message behind the scenes is that they previously had contact with other spacefaring peoples, but um, yeah. But but then that's kind of contradicted when uh, the lady goes up in the sky and says, "Oh, you're from the yeah, you know." Yeah. We'll get to that. Not very well. Um well, I I, I guess the some of the uh, backstory for this episode in terms of the production is that it went through mm. a lot of different drafts. Mm-hmm. And the first draft was very different from the the what we got. Mm. And this is like a classic like season one script where they are like packing so much into it. And they're trying to do so much and just it's all so like, you know, amateurish. Yeah, like Well, not amateur, it's, just, it's like clumsy. Yeah, right. it's, it's hammy, but not in the good Star Trek way of hammy that they later master. Well, it, it has a uh, it has basically like two different episodes stapled together into one where it's like this is episode about non-interference with mm. this culture or is it about this yeah this godlike like, entity i kind of remember like encounter at farpoint being a really simple episode but then when i go back and rewatch it it's like this sprawling thing where a dozen different things are happening and yeah 
That's true. Yeah. Um, so the it's it's like uh, they wanted to um, to over uh, they um, how do how to put it um uh, over uh, stuffed they it tried too much to sell it. Boom. Yeah, and that's that's definitely the case with the racist one, where they tried to you know do this anthropological story about the differences between cultures, but they ended mm-hmm. up just making black people look really bad. Yeah, yeah, like um. I mean, there's a little bit of the, little, little bit of, uh, of of tacit racism in this, and so much as that they're presenting, you know, it's like, oh, this beautiful race of people, of course, are all very white and um, mm. blonde. Like these, you are know, the, I didn't, I didn't notice that. Which, once again, <laughs> the true racism yeah, was like, within like, me. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, they, you don't, you don't notice it because you were, you were represented. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's sort of like, okay, what? What do we think I mean, of I don't when know. we think of perfect people in a perfect, blissful place? Well, let's start with them being white. Okay, let's check that off the list. They're white. Okay. Then, crucially, they have to be uh, '80s people with very '80s hair. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm fully represented, but the thing though about that is, is I think that people—that's one of the things that people take issue with um, about this episode—is that it's like it, you, you know, it looks like um, it's it's so dated to look at, but it's like. Why? Why yeah. do all the aliens out there have to look like have to like match like current fashion standards of of you know 2016? Like maybe they're just in that phase. That's fine, right? <laughs> maybe. I mean, that's what people looked like in the 80s, right? I don't know. It doesn't really give you all that much verisimilitude, does it? Because to get hair like that, it takes like some very advanced sort of hairstyle and techniques that this civilization doesn't seem like they'd be all that into. I think they just genetically have hair like that. Hey, maybe. That would that would be a, a useful uh, kind of way to um, kind of uh, justify the fact that these, these aliens from outer space look exactly fucking like humans. Yeah. That... Oh, actually, they they grow hair like eighty supermodels. <laughs> well, that's, that, that's how they do. I think that's sort of explained later, isn't it? When they like uh, find that ancient race that's like seeded the galaxy yeah, with yeah, yeah. life. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but then in another episode, they mentioned like a convergent evolution theory that right. It's like very haphazardly just sort of thrown out there, but it seems to be saying that oh yeah, of course everyone evolves you know, to look like humans. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Because humans are great. Mm. Um, another thing that I, I take umbrage in, uh, about in, in most episodes of Star Trek is this, mm-hmm. that they tend to shrink these planets down to like a, a single <laughs> town. Like this is, this is a whole planet and we're dealing with like, like these two people. These are, are these the only representatives of this planet. Like, or is it just this <laughs> one, little city are there more than one is there more than one government are they like is it a world government are there only like a thousand people on this planet so many questions i mean like it's it's pathetic there was one was it i don't know if it was this or deep space nine or voyager or something where they go to a planet with lots of terrorists and they kind of talk about different nations on that one right so that's you know the writers kind of getting a clue i think but even then it's like I mean, I I can't really speak to that episode, but it's almost always like a monoculture, even if it's like, it would be like the difference between, um, like, you know, the the different Anglosphere societies. Yeah, or or even like the United States versus the Soviet Union or something, where it's like, oh yeah, sure, you know, that's very original series, right? Have like diametric opposition. But it's like you know, we, we on the on Earth we, we we have a lot of you know variety of culture and yeah, and 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 physical appearance, and that's almost never uh, reflected in the uh, the planets they encounter in the show. Except with Tuvok, who is possibly my favorite Vulcan. Right. Well, I mean, that's that's Doesn't true. Doesn't have that same stupid haircut. But in that in that case, it's really it's he's still just he's still just a Vulcan. He, you know, he's not yeah. like. A Shia Vulcan or a Sunni Vulcan. He's just <laughs> a Vulcan. You but, know what I mean? But they do have those. They do have those. Like um, uh, the one that Kim Cattrall played in that movie. She was a modern Vulcan who wasn't into all the like mystical bullshit that That's Spock right. was into. Okay. So she was still logical, but 
So, but in that in that case, we have we have a little bit of development of a very famous alien culture that they've had literally yeah. fifty years to. Uh, yeah, to well, I on. I think Tuvok is like a better written Vulcan than than Spock. I'm sure that's true. Like, I think the insight that we get into that alien culture is is much better through that series than it ever was through any of the uh, movies or TV shows that had Spock in them. I um I didn't I didn't really watch it. So. <laughs> I guess well, I did actually. Was. I watched a, a few seasons. We're talking about Voyager, right? Yeah. Two bucks and Voyager. Yeah. No, I I watched some of it. I just don't remember it very well. Right. It was like I I guess I watched it when it was on, but it wasn't like on every day. For it was on UPN, wasn't it? Did you ever watch UPN? Yeah. No, it was. I think I just maybe I just didn't. It was like it was just out of. Star Trek when, when I was on a rerun. Right. When I was um, in America, I, uh, I never watched two channels, uh, Disney Channel. I and remember. Because um, I was that age. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good channel. Uh, Gumbo, <clears throat> what, what yep. do you remember? Yeah, I, I remember, I remember the, the, the episode where uh, Tuvok and Neelix merged together <laughs> and uh, Janeway ended up killing that person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember Tuvix, right? Yeah. Tuvix. I mean, Janeway, Janeway generally has a very uh, cavalier attitude when it comes to the Prime yeah. Directive. Well, that wasn't related to the Prime Directive so much, but um, in the book The yeah. Ethics of Star I mean, Trek, which is an excellent book, mm-hmm. they um, they say that Janeway's uh, ethical approach to captaining is a more authoritarian uh, one than right. the other captains, which... Right. Uh, look, you know, I don't know, but you you make that argument. Oh, she's out in the. She likes to crack the whip. She's out in, <laughs> yeah. in deep space but there. Like, I mean, let's let's get real. Tuvix was a mess. That guy was a hot mess. They had to kill that boy. I don't remember. I remember very vaguely the episode, but I don't remember like why they killed. Why they had to kill? Because they they missed Tuvix. their old friends. It it it, it 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 was mainly because Janeway wanted Tuvok back. Okay, so you're so what you're doing is you're confusing things by by saying Tuvix was a casualty of restoring the 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 two other people, right? It's not like she murdered him. Well, that was well, the whole point of the episode. He was a, a an individual that he was his own people. person, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's it's a, I mean, it's uh, a, it's quite a quandary. The fusion the fusion was an accident. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it was an accident, but uh, the separation was intentional. So right. yeah, that brings the the doctrine of double effect and all that garbage into it. But no, but they, I guess, here's what but they actually. I think I think we're, we're talking about the wrong episode here. Tuvix? are we? Oh, you want to talk about um, justice? Justice. I just want to. Can I just observe? <laughs> That's why we're all here here for. Here's the solution for Tuvix, though. They could have yeah. saved Tuvix in the transport buffer. Yeah. Split one of the Tuvixes back into Tuvok and Elix, and then brought back Tuvix via the same method yeah. that um, Except for Double some Riker reason, was brought back. You can't do that. You can. <laughs> you, you, you can. It's just inconsistent. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and then, the, then we could have all of them. Oh, yeah, man. everyone. Can somebody. Bunch of friends. Can somebody rewrite um, that episode where Tuvix survives and just joins the crew? That'd be so cool. I, oh, I bet that fan fiction's out there, and I bet it's not safe for work. And they all just get it on. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Justice. Um, so the <coughs> the away team goes down, and they just like really, uh, like really into the the culture because there's all this like kissing and jogging. Yeah. Everybody jogs everywhere. Um, <laughs> they all wear little it white calisthenics. Little white, what are they like? Rompers. Very, yeah, kind of. Very little nipple coverage on the men, at least. The women yeah. are, are still pretty well covered up, at least on the nipple right, area. You, yeah, this completely different culture also has a breast taboo apparently. Yeah. That's fine. It's convenient for television. Um, yeah. So yada yada yada. Um, and so um, this this whole sex planet thing, like that's that's classic Roddenberry. Like you know, this is it's 
sort of billed as like, oh, this is, you know, like 60s sexual liberation and all that. Mm-hmm. But like the thing, like the thing is, it's not really, is it? No. It's all adolescent fantasy fulfillment. Yes. Like it, it's all naked space ladies, you know. Well, Gene Roddenberry um, actually was the one that inserted the Sex Planet part. That wasn't part yep. of the original um, draft of the script. Yeah, it was. It was originally a similar kind of um, conflict relating to these law zones, where um, I think uh, I don't know if it was Wesley or not, but somebody. Um, well, maybe we need to actually talk about what happened in the episode before I I say what's different about it. Um, right. Um, but Gene yeah, Roddenberry but like, inserted was, the, was... the sex planet part and the sort of omniscient overlord part, which is another mm. just total um, staple of the original series, like a gas, you know, super intelligent gas cloud or something like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so, like, it's that sort of sex planet stuff that made me very uncomfortable about watching Star Trek in the first place because I, I just felt like it's, oh, it's, it's gross nerd wank yeah. stuff. And, yeah. But, it's, it's embarrassing. Yeah. And and the whole thing of, like... Also, it's 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 uh, it's mostly very... Uh, how do, how, what's the word? Heteronominal? Yeah. Yeah, oh very. yeah, that's a that's another excellent point. This is you know all very sexually liberated and all, but there's absolutely no space gays in this. No, one. no, everybody picks um, um, a, a, an opposite sex uh, I think partner. The, the, to, uh... I think the closest the closest thing to it is uh, that one episode where there are um, where there's a, where there's a planet or where the where the yeah, kind of androgynous people. Yeah. Yeah. And see, that's a closer step because those are uh, actual space gays, but but not regular gays that are in space. And they're also which is what we get. I mean, now. they're also they're played a bit like... by male and female actors, and then they still put the right. male and the female <laughs> act together, where it's like, mm-hmm. well, this is this is the non-gendered, but it's still a woman, and this is the one that that uh, was Riker that fell in love with her, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, it was. If anyone step would, would fuck anything that moves, though, it's that guy. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like we're all supposed to kind of wink and sli- like slyly smirk with him. Like, yeah, this is... We're really into this. Sorry, there's like a... Some, someone honking at your place? There's a honk party outside the, my window, yeah. I live at a, a very contentious intersection. There's a lot uh, of honking. Mm. Um, a lot of philosophical debates happening. Yes. So what we were talking about, I have completely lost my train of thought. Sex Tuvix? Planet? Um, Do you want to get back yeah. on to the Tuvix? No. What a mess. <laughs> no. So, yeah, they uh, they all go down to the planet, and everybody's like, you know what, Wesley? Go go have sex with these kids. Go experiment. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, that's... Like they had no, like they they need no supervision. It's clearly a very promiscuous planet. Did did it? And they were they already were like juggling with like the the woman giving him a hug. Like I'm not sure if I'm allowed to, to no. touch your dick or not. I need an adult. <laughs> well, it's, it's like I don't know what your culture's traditions for for <laughs> underage child, sex underage are. love between adults and children are. It's perfectly okay here tacitly <laughs> was that the implication there well i think they they probably don't have much guilt about uh what they get up to sexually yeah uh, except if it's sodomy because you gotta you gotta match up the penises with the vaginas yeah no either would be perverse would be like a sin yep. against god Space God, and you would you would have to be executed if you if you did that within a punishment zone. Yeah, it's true. Punishment zone. That's another thing I didn't quite understand the punishment zone thing. Um, mm. If you did something wrong outside of the punishment mm-hmm. zone, would you not be punished? You're scot free, buddy. Jeez, you can just purge it up. You could murder outside of the punishment zone. So my my question is, I mean, how else are they going to execute on... people? <laughs> <laughs> just keep tabs on what the mediators are up to yeah. and then you can you know oh they're over there i can you know do some pillaging over here yeah i don't it wasn't very well defined 
and I think it's another byproduct of the the rewrites. Mm. It sounds like it was very it was fairly well defined in the original script, but, but we now, didn't have space. Yeah, there was a lot of other stuff to get to in this one, including the sexy stuff and the god and so on. Yep. And then uh, and also the all the the whole Tuvix tangent. <laughs> yep. It's important to fit that in. I'm going to put Tuvix in the in the image cover image for this episode. It'll be very confusing. I love it. Maybe I'll just hide him somewhere. Let's hide. It'll be a hidden Tuvix. There was Maybe no justice it. for Tuvix. Yeah. Maybe he um Maybe he popped up in like an alternate universe as soon as they ran the teleporter backwards. That's what they're called, teleporters, hmm. right? Star yeah, that's, Trek that's the technical term. <laughs> so, um, small hopes. They go. So they're down on the planet. Um, Wesley runs off and plays. And yeah. so it was, I thought it was interesting timing where they sort of were discovering that there was a death penalty for any crime on this planet just as Wesley was about to do something stupid and get the <laughs> death penalty. It was all happened like all at once. <laughs> like, wait, you execute people for like nothing? And they're like, yeah, it's our culture, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like just as, the, hey guys, throw the ball to me. So Wesley is playing ball with the, with the kids. I thought there was very little payoff um, to his description of the bat, by the way. We never got to see them wield a bat. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I, there are some games I don't know how to play, but if you can find me a stick that's about this long and this wide, yeah. then I can show you some real fun stuff to do with that. <laughs> and they never do. <laughs> oh, oh. <clears throat> the, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Was that oh, like a... That's, that's funnier than uh, funnier, I wanted to be funnier than than the episode I wanted to be did um what, do they not have bats because they're like implements of violence or something mm. I mean they, well, they, you... they probably just use their finely toned abs to to propel balls yeah that's true I felt like they kept showing the same like muscle man jogging over and over again but in like the cut maybe, between uh, maybe the, maybe it, it was Plays against over one and of over in bullshit. my brain <laughs> maybe it was it probably was against some of the one of the bullshit rules to have bats yeah <laughs> right well it's like it's i mean it's sort of like it's not quite a tool but it's like in that category of things that can be used as a, a weapon but i mean isn't a weapon like a hammer like a nail gun chainsaw katana blade Use that oh, they probably have bamboo. those. Yeah, you can use them in in sexual games. <laughs> sexual, like a sexual katana, like sexual, yep. sexual bushido. Oh, starring Tuvix. I'm sure I, I I've played a game called called that. Sexual bushido, <laughs> starring Tuvix. This is this is my fan not fiction. Tuvix, but I'll Google it. If I have I'm to. sure there's, there's, there's a Japanese game by that name. That's perverted. You shouldn't play those kinds of games. Bushido. Hmm. Soliciting sexual immorality. This is this is a really uh, this has gone nowhere. There's a there's a rapper named Bushido. Oh yeah, he's an That's asshole. Nice. Looks like he's from Germany. Yeah. Yeah, that's not real rap. It's <laughs> <laughs> not real. Uh, so Wes gets I mean, uh, playing a game, throwing the ball with his buddies. Throws the balls with his new best friends, and he falls. Who are unspeakably hot. Yeah, they. Just, I mean, he falls into. Uh, he's he's a he's such a klutz that he stumbles backward into one of the punishment zones, which, by the way, are uh, marked by a nondescript uh, ribbon just yeah. wrapped around them. Yeah. Um, Pretty much. He tumbles backwards, but he, in spite of ample warning, by the way, they were like, stop, stop, no, stop, stop, you moron. Isn't he supposed to be smart? Like, he's on an alien planet, and the aliens mm. are yelling, stop, and he doesn't stop. 
It's like, oh, he's just a kid. He's focused on the ball. He's got his eye on the ball. Idiot. This kid. Fucking idiot. Hey, where do you think they filmed this? Like, I, I didn't see anything on Memory Alpha about it, but it's like... It's it's like clearly not a matte painting that big building they have because you can tell when they have the matte paintings. It's um, um, it's like this, it's like some place in California or something. It yeah, looks like California. It's they it's on it's on Memory Alpha. I it's oh, is it? um it's like kind of water reclamation place. Let me see if I can find it again. It's very picturesque. The Edo exteriors were filmed at Tillman Water Reclamation Plant, and the the Wesley's Fall was at the Huntington Library in Pasadena. So you can take a a pilgrimage there if you want to check out the. uh, the But why would you? Because you want to check out the cool spot where Wesley was playing ball. And also, it just looks kind of nice. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to visit the place where Wesley played with his balls. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's very mature very mature gumba it looks like um this place is that's been why used i'm on this program in other um movies too like mm. cyber tracker biodome nice classic austin powers the biodome was it a, a portion of said dome maybe i can imagine that maybe it was I'm not going to look into it at all, but I could... So much trouble in that bubble. I'm just adjusting my microphone here. Pardon what's, the thing that, what's the thing that Paulie Shaw says? Oh, uh, buddy. Yeah, buddy. And he, doesn't he call himself the weasel or something? Um, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Agumba, do you like Pauly Shore movies? I don't even know who that is. Okay. <laughs> well... I, I, I mean, I, I've heard, I've heard about him and uh, none to uh, flattering stuff. But oh. um, I think he's, he's he's mostly contained to the United States. Yeah, thankfully. you're probably right. Probably okay, contained within that one bubble. In the biodome, yeah, bar. he's yep. stuck there still. Um, so they get into an ethical quandary. I think are you are you skipping over the the subplot with the the secondary plot on the ship? Yes, by accident. I feel like that that started right about now. Yeah, you're right. So um, there's something it's, there, it's but it's so not boring there. though. <laughs> yeah, it turns out there's a hidden trans-dimensional sort of mm-hmm. caretaker entity, um, sort of hovering above the planet, playing god. And- they got so much better with the techno babble uh, in the later seasons as well. Like they, like you would never catch season six saying bullshit like, "Oh, it's some sort of shadow in space. It's mm-hmm. there, but it's not there." There, but it's not. Like there. you know, they would have had some some awesome Mikakuda technical sounding. Oh, it's well, it's uh, the matter is half in phase with our, you know, yeah. whatever. With the the, the the tachyons are out of sync with the the. Um chronotons which was just yeah much yeah. better thank you i did it myself and tuvix is there in yep. this version he's, that i'm writing now he's the ultimate particle tuvix shows up and he saves the day he's the one he's the hero tuvix is he's causing a cascade failure the cascade tuvix re- cascade by failure by, rever- by reversing the polarity <laughs> oh, oh, so you sour the milk? Sour the mother's milk? Yes. <laughs> That's a classic Tuvix plan. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's an alien thing fluttering above the planet. Um. As they happen. Shoots data with a glowing ball. Yeah, it's sort of like um, like a music video special effect. The glowing ball. Is the glowing ball, is that the alien, or is it just like a device? I think it's like a probe or something. Oh, okay. something. So Data gets heavily probed. Mm. <laughs> Data gets a, oh, a solid probing for, a, what, what did you say, about, about about 20 minutes? Yeah, he's out for a good portion yeah. of the episode. That's his long, deep probe. It's, it's, it's a shame, because... There's not much data in this episode, but what there is is just the worst written data that data gets. Yeah. 
just oh it seems that i have inadvertently uh, upset dr crusher by by talking bullshit <laughs> well he does babble a lot he wasn't too. fully functional in that episode <laughs> by the way the he's only he's only partially functional in this the uh, captain's log at this point in the episode um is um gives us the name of the planet which they they plant they designated oh, yeah. Rubicon three right which I doubt that's what the people on the planet call it yeah they called it that it's sort of like how um I call Germany Germany instead of Deutschland right yeah it's an exonym yeah exonym it's a good good word good five dollar word give you five bucks uh, for welcome. that one um, take it gumba is switzerland called switzerland in switzerland or is it does no. it have a different name no it would no, be, no it of would course be called different things based on the language so uh, uh, the james part would james be... i mean james i, I, mean, asked, uh, I was asking jump I mean, since gumba we here. have since we have uh, four we have four uh what's it called uh, um, city states major Talkies. languages yeah four major languages so right. we have well four different ways of what what calling, do you uh, call it uh, I call it. Wait, Kuwait. can I guess? Yeah. Too late. I, did, I, I didn't hear that. it because James, you talked over it. Uh. <laughs> uh. Schweiz. Or Schleit. Schweiz. <laughs> Schleiz. I'll, I'll yeah. Google this. What? And so the other ones would be uh, Suisse. That's the French, right? That's yeah. similar to Swiss. Swiss. No, 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 no. It's it's spelled differently. It's spelled S U I S S E. I think. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So it's called and Italian. Switzerland. 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 Confederazione Svizzera. And then there's one more. What am I missing? Italian, French, German, and Latin. Okay. Confederatio Helvetica. Oh, of course. Romanche. Yes. Right. Romanche. Um, the column <sighs> code is plus four one. Yeah. So there you go. ISO code is three one six. Six. Well, I say codes are for languages, aren't they? Or I don't know. Or is, no, maybe it's for countries. Ch. The, I uh, thought they were country. for books. I don't know. So this is ISO three one one six code. Just reading what they have here. Don't don't kill the messenger. So um, they come up with like a sexual bargain, right, to get Wesley off the hook. Mm. I, I that was kind of something that bugged me. Like they. Couldn't they have thought of some, like, trade? Like, couldn't they have just given them something? Like, okay, I know you want to kill Wesley, but how about... This would be a violation of the Prime Directive. Right, but it's like, they've already violated the Prime Directive by just, like, going and hanging out and fucking these people anyway, right? Like, how many of them do you think that Riker alone had sex with? Like, 40? 50? The entire population... There is no upper limit to I think the, even the people that that man can find. How many, Tasha Yar was getting way into it. She was like, oh, I, they really love, love, <laughs> love down there, guys. Well, let me tell you. Whoa. Were they not even worried about, like... It's funny. You'd think someone who grew up, you know, being chased by rape gangs would not quite be into the free love thing. Yeah, it was like, I would think that she would be made uncomfortable by that planet. Or maybe, like... Uh, this is too, I don't want to speculate about 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 rape survivorship. Let's just let's just jump off of that subject. Um, right. <laughs> so the 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 point is that um, I feel they didn't try very hard to come up with an arrangement other than him dying or just not dying. Like about a middle yeah. way. Like how about we 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 replicate a bunch of stuff for you guys that you would need on this stupid planet. How about something. we give him a good spanking? Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. That'd do it. Yeah. Give him, give him cherry red ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, 
Gamba, did you have something to, to contribute? Uh, I mean, that would be like Singapore, wasn't it? Yeah, you're right. This is actually yeah. very similar to the whole Singapore situation, and that happened. So you can't beam out of there. And that was that actually happened after this, I think. Mm. I'm talking about the kid that like. Um, yeah, I remember. Did the graffiti or something, and they wanted to cane him. <laughs> yeah. And then I mean, they I did. I Al made made a, made a song about it. Who did? Or where I think I think Al made a song where that. Life imitating art. That's what it is. They also made yeah. a Simpsons episode inspired by it with the booting. Australia. Ah. What yeah, country was that? Yeah, is it true, uh, James, that you do the booting there, or is that made up? That um, that episode was like the bane of my existence when I lived in the United States. There's like nothing in that episode that even remotely reflects reality. Yeah. I think that it was... I guess the Barnaby Joyce is kind of... He's a member of parliament here, and he's kind of like the member of parliament that's just out the back in a yeah. tire in, in the pond. He's kind of like that guy. Yeah. So that's sort of realistic. So it's, it's entirely accurate. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, okay. yes. So, um... And you don't play Knifey Spoonie. Uh, if, if I did, I'd lose every time. <laughs> Oh. So for this reason, I, I I generally don't. So um, Wesley uh, gonna kill him. Um, Too bad, huh? The, we we get a good look at some some fine moose knuckles. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. In that portion didn't of the episode, them. I didn't catch those. Yeah, not that I have anything against it. I just just didn't have interesting to costuming yeah. choice. The um, so what happens is that um, Picard takes the woman up to the ship to show her yeah. god for some reason. <laughs> and I think this was actually pointed out the prime by directive is inviolable. <laughs> Would you please come aboard the ship and look up upon the face of your god? Yeah, I think that he was. I was reading about this, and I think. It, even um um what's his name uh Wesley Crusher's actor Will Wheaton Will Wheaton um did like a rewatch of this episode and um like in 2006 or something and and that was one okay. of his biggest gripes was like that's that's the, the biggest violation of the prime directive so far yeah. and that's just done casually he does but, it for no reason yeah but i mean the thing is that they were always intending to violate the prime directive there was never really that Let's much of it get a, real the only reason they contemplated not violating the prime directive is because they thought that they might <laughs> they there might be retribution <laughs> no it was because they oh, were right. they were afa- right, afraid right. of everybody yeah, yeah, else getting if that if that weren't there they just wouldn't be like fuck this we're out of here guys yeah. <laughs> like that's stupid and by the way they wouldn't be hey, wrong what you have there guys I mean, the Prime Directive is is a flawed document. Oh, it's garbage. It's utterly garbage. So, I'm, I'm going to do my spiel okay, on the, do the Prime spiel. Directive do now. Do spiel. So, I mean, it, it's Roddenberry again. It's mm-hmm. based very heavily in the society that Roddenberry was in. It's post-Vietnam, 60s cynicism about all these powerful empires going in and fucking up things for, you know, poor countries who can't defend themselves. Yep. Um, and it's just, like, it's, like... We've come such a long way from thinking like that that it's it's just very so plainly obvious that that's not the blanket rule that you want to have. There right. are going to be heaps of cases where where someone is going to want to help someone else out. Right. And to do that, they're going to introduce some new technology or they're going to interfere with internal affairs or something, you know. So, um, like, y- like you think about uh, well, you know, the hot button places like Sy- Syria and Libya now. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe. The interventions there haven't gone so well, but what you're just gonna want to sit back and let President Assad gas his own people? Like, yeah, that's that's nonsense. Well, yeah, I mean, it's um, actually pretty topical right now because I mean, there's you still have a lot of the um, the this sort of moral relativism on the on the very far left, where it's sort of like that, you know, the mm-hmm. the Noam Chomsky's and the Glenn Green Glenn yeah, Greenwalds, yeah. where it's sort of like just you know, the, you, you can't say anything negative about anything any culture other than the west <laughs> the west 
and we're it's okay to be a feminist right up until you're criticizing a religion and in which case the religion mm-hmm. the other culture trumps sort of the universal morality of the the the, the position um or i just can't agree with my my um intellectual rivals even if my posi- just even if my position is over only it's, superficially it's, similar to theirs yeah where it's like i can't say it's not okay to um subjugate women bec- under the pretense of religion um yeah. because this would uh frame me as being in opposition to this uh ostensibly oppressed religion right religious exactly group. so i think it's still the same type mm. of I think this is a little bit more egregious where it's sort of saying like, okay, let's, let's just completely stay out of everything. You know, let them all, you know, if they're going to kill themselves and kill themselves, you know, let's just like allow the maximum of human suffering. If it's just under some ostensible, like naturalistic, this would have happened anyway, kind of thing. And we're, we're the, yeah, it's, it's very, and by the way, embedded in that, is this kind of Whig history, sort of Eurocentric racism, pretty much. Right. It's the, you know, this idea that there's this inherent progression to civilizations. They go from primitive to more advanced. Yeah. And they inherently, you know, accept and reject certain ideas and they become more scientifically advanced and whatever, whatever. Right. So, you know, oh, thanks, progressive Star Trek, but you've, you've actually, you're actually wearing your colors on your sleeve there. Yeah. And they, and they, they touch about, they touch on that in this episode when they, when they were they saying, do, like, yeah okay so you guys are more advanced than us i see and it was like they're being sarcastic but in fact that they were it's sort of like you you can say you know what it's it is better not to kill somebody for no reason and we can we can say that because (laughs) there are very few universal underpinnings to morality other than sort of like you know do as do as little harm as possible commit as little you know like kill as few people as you can you know (laughs) i don't know but I don't, I, I don't know where what what position were they taking in that were they were they actually well, casting? I think, I think they're taking two different positions, and the position that they think that they're taking isn't actually the one that they're they have. This surface level position that's oh well, we have to respect, uh, you know, uh, plural pluralism and you know differences right. like oh this culture just does it differently. But then underneath that, they're very clearly making a judgment about these people. They're executing people for no reason. Yeah. This is insane. We have to get this boy out of here. Are you nuts? <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, it's still very condescending and kind of well. You know, where the, where the, you know, the correct guys who have done the cultural evolution and right, and and where we're at where we need to be. And so it's much less black and white, and it's lo- much less of a gray area than they make it out to be. But yep. it's it comes off as 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 being, it's strange. I mean, because they make the right decision, but almost for the wrong reasons. Like, like the, they they do it. They decide to break the rules. Well, I don't. I don't actually know if they do make the right because when you frame what ends up happening, Picard just you know grabs one of his like he gives this little spiel about oh well, justice is rah. it's it's uh, full of uh, exceptions and then he, and then he uh, you know just absolves his crew member of this local prosecution that uh, that you know he doesn't agree with and just snatches him. Yeah, that's uh, true. under the sovereignty of these people. So, um, like, but, you know, maybe the kid shouldn't have been executed. Yeah. And but I, and he did th- really show the appropriate respect for these people and the, you know, that's system true. of... But it, it's sort of like they, if, if they were going to be in that position, they probably should have not been there to begin with. It's sort of like a predictable outcome of just sort of randomly mingling with, yep. with people you know almost nothing about. And they, like, they were they even touched on, like, oh, well, you... Th- we thought we didn't see that in any of their like yeah. laws. It was like it's just uh, it's so naive at the start. Like, oh, it's absolutely perfect. We we've looked through and we can it, see nothing wrong with it at all. Also, it seems like it's pretty well established. All of these like rules and the the what are they called? Yeah. The monitors or something. Um, yeah, but and that, so this is bad research. Like who who was <laughs> in charge of doing that research? Was it Tasha Yar? She'd been fired. Uh, who did the report? It was one of them. It was definitely one of them. Terrible, terrible research. Because mm. they like looked Before... into their laws and somehow missed this whole part about like execution zones. They're <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> the, by the, the way. Zones. The... Yeah. Gumba, what do you think? Yeah. 
Mm. Gumba, Sorry, I didn't listen. Is are there um these ex- execution zones in Switzerland? It seems like a similar culture to me. Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he can't discuss it with outsiders. Right. Okay. So um, um, just before we get off of this, I just want to uh like purge myself of all my notes. Okay. Uh, okay. On please. This. Uh, yes. So in in modern, uh, I'll be quick. In in modern um like foreign relations sort of uh doctrine we um we have a a school that's like kind of directly in contradiction to um this sort of prime directive non-interference sort of principle it's called uh responsibility to protect or r2p for short Mm -hmm. and and that um says that okay so you got westphalian sovereignty from the treaty of westphalia you know each country's business is its country's business and countries don't interfere with one another they govern themselves Mm -hmm. but if a country starts you know murdering its own citizens and if it can't adequately protect its own citizens then it is the responsibility of other nations to protect those citizens and they must violate westphalian sovereignty so already we're not at the 22nd century we've already moved on from right yeah we've evolved past that yep it's, and we, also we, we have people mosquito nets who haven't invented mosquito nets yeah we haven't quite um put that fully into practice yet but um no we're, we're working on it maybe we'll get there I mean the, the the North Koreans are still doing, not doing so great. In time. Um, well, you know they're doing great with their nuclear program, so hopefully yeah, we'll all be under Kim rule soon. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um. So. So I guess the the resolution was the big quandary was whether or not they were going to get destroyed by the god creature. Um, mm. for breaking their own prime directive, which almost almost this whole conflict just played out in 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 um, uh, exposition. It was like this mm. was never directly communicated by the aliens. It was sort of just data talking about it. Um, yeah, and then somehow it's Picard very jarring as a result. Yeah, and Picard convinced them that they were doing the right thing, and they were they sort of seemed to just shrug. <laughs> 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 like I guess okay. Why do I care about this anyway? And then they vanished. So did the did the god abandon those people? Mm. Were they? No, tainted? I think he just decided that they weren't uh, violating their morals after all. They were acting sort of consistently. So, but why did the ship disappear at the end? Were they just going back into hiding, uh, or did they just leave? Yeah, it was just. <laughs> well, you know, you'd you'd have to ask the Edo after the episode, but yeah. I th- I think they just like went into hiding again that was one of the criticisms of the episode was that these these questions were left unanswered sort of unsatisfyingly like why even bring it up if you're not going to resolve it and they they do this sort of thing much better later on with like the ardra episode that was where you know you just meet these kind of weird sort of supernatural alien uh tricksters who just kind of wreak havoc on a certain planet and like you know there you've got much more satisfying character arcs and yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I've seen that episode, but I don't know which one you're talking about. Oh, she's like the the space witch, and she's uh, a kind of a con artist. Oh, I think I think. Oh, I, I oh, I remember that. now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She used some sort of uh, thingy to cause earthquakes and mm. and exploited a, a local legend about about a savior who would return after a hundred or so years. Mm. Or 500 years, and uh, uh, if they didn't submit to him, he would, uh, yeah, he would destroy them or something. Yeah, yeah. So in episodes like that, you've, it's much more satisfying because you've got you got a name, you have got a face, you have got a proper character arc. Yeah. Whereas in this one, you know, it it's a cop out. It's you know jarring. Yeah, it is jarring. Um. By the way, the population of Switzerland is um, eight million three hundred forty-one thousand. As of September 2014. It's important to know, I think. Yeah. The uh, GDP, 493.126 billion. Mm. And as I learned uh, in a previous podcast, they have two houses of parliament that have exactly the same powers. Wow. That sounds complicated. It just sounds bananas to me. Yeah. It sounds like tyranny to me. 
Just well, kidding. you know, the stuff has to be passed by both houses, so it ends up working, I guess. We've got um, two houses of government, too. They're called the Army and the Navy. No, I'm just kidding. Nice. <laughs> it's, like, not even accurate, because they're like, what about Take the Marines? Take care of your land business. What about, the, Mar- business. What about the Marines? And what about the Coast Guard? Mm. They like exist the- on the borders, at the edge. They're the heroes we need, but not the heroes we deserve. By the way, the um, per capita GDP of Switzerland is the ninth highest in the world. $59,150. Love it. Yeah. Pretty good. Aren't they very laissez-faire in Switzerland, or or am I getting it wrong? Are they very socialist? I don't know. Gumba? Gumba? Yeah. Are they laissez-faire, or are they socialist? You, your people, the Swiss. Uh, uh. You pay lots of taxes. Mostly, mostly capitalist. I don't think that Gumba pays any taxes. Mm. I think, Actually, I do. I think he's a a mooch. You're a mooch, Gumba. I'm a, I'm a mooch. You're a mooch too. You know what I am? It's the age of entitlement. I am You're a productive member of member of, mem- member of society. You're right. Lift another. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I've produced many podcasts. Yep. Some of which have been listened to by human beings. Not many. Some. That's right. pretty good. I think we I think we're done with this episode, right? Are we? Uh, yeah. let's see. Blah blah blah. Zips yeah, I'm Oh I'm yeah, we're so done. Shit. Maybe they should have just like written it the where it turned out to be Q all along. That'd be pretty yep. cool. It was Q again. That should be the end of every episode. Messing with them. Gotcha again. Gotcha again. It's Q. It wasn't another alien. It was a different alien. All right. Um, any uh, closing thoughts, boys? Um, well, there's one thing in my notes that I haven't mentioned and that there's a throwaway mention of Clark's third law in here, which is, you know, classic Roddenberry. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. So Clark's third law is um, any sufficient... Early advanced technology is indistinguishable. Oh from magic. right, and right, yeah. At one point, data says any insu- any sufficiently advanced being would be indistinguishable from a god. Right, but um, it's sort of like I think that's a it's sort of a loosey goosey law because it's sort of like doesn't really define a yeah. god, like what. And it's it's not really a valuable addition to this episode either. I, I think to mention that because it's not really part of the the whole ethical dilemma or anything. Not really. No, this is it's all it's a big mix mixed bag. Um. Okay. That can be my closing thought. I've probably Gumba? spoken enough. Anything from you? No. Did, what did you guys think of a funny, funny line from Worf when he was getting the big hug from the the babe alien? He's like, "Nice planet." Nice planet. Is is that sort of like a like a catchphrase of his almost? Because like, there's that place where he goes, "Nice house, good tea." Maybe. <laughs> There's also the kind of... a line from him where he's like, he doesn't know what, what Rome is, even though he grew up on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> he's clearly probably studied like the history of many battles and things. Like That would never come up, right? The Roman Empire. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they don't mention it because he was Russian, and apparently in the future Russians are very full of themselves. Only in the future, huh? Well, you know, like I'm, I'm tired of all the rushes. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, this has been fun. Um, yes. I think we learned a lot. Oh uh, golly! I hope I get invited to the next truck show. Oh no! You know, you're. <laughs> I, I mean, no, 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 no. This is important that somebody talks because, like, I mean, I, I have very little to say. Obviously, um, it'd be nice to get like. Uh, I prefer to listen anyway. The female perspective. Yeah. We'll see if we can uh, find a, a woman. To talk about Star Trek. I mean, I could try and turn into a woman by the next thing, but I don't think it really works that way. That's um, not not required. But uh, you, okay. what the choices that you make in your life are yours and yours alone. All right. Okay. It's good. To know. All right. Well, thanks for joining, guys. It's been fun. We we now know all about this episode of Star Trek. If anybody asks, we'll be the ones to go to because we're experts. All about Tuvix. Yeah. Tuvix was the uh, the linchpin, the key, the keystone 
the um, strongest link in the chain. And he will be the recurring theme going forward in this program. Mm. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Live long and have fun. Make it so long. <laughs>